This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Two o'clock hour, we'll be joined by Willie Colon, the former Jet. We'll get his thoughts on uh, what to expect from the Jets and the Giants. And we'll pique his uh, football curiosity. I also want to talk to him about offensive lines, something he's well-versed, <laughs> experienced with the offensive line. So Willie Colon. Out of the Boogie Down Bronx will join us at 2 o'clock. Right now, we're chatting with you. 1-800-919-3776. Uh, Jonathan's in L.A. Jonathan, you're next on 98.7. Larry, good morning, good morning. And real quick thing, uh, great, great week, great show with uh, Bart, man. It should be Bart and Larry, man. <laughs> Han, already made it, Han already made it to the big time. So it should be, hey, you guys pulled that off. It was a great show, great show. Uh, I enjoy spending hey, time man. with Bart, but Alan, Alan and Bart are a great combination. They're a great combination. I was happy they just like uh, said, Han still, made it still big a couple of minutes. <laughs> hey, Larry, so uh, I'm not sure if you heard uh, A-Rod on the case show, but he clearly said that uh, – that uh, analytics is not doing it for the Yankees. He's not doing it for Cashman. It's already been 10-plus years, and, I mean, it, it's not doing the job. And if this keeps going, there needs to be some changes. In other words, Pound needs to get rid of Cashman. I'm I'm one of those rare guys that uh, that's, uh, I have hope in Cashman, but at this point I'm getting fed up. And this trade deadline, he has his back against the wall. He needs to make a big move. And one of the things, another thing that A-Rock said, that where are the legends at? Well, we're back in the day, there used to be all these legends, Reggie Jackson, and we're talking to him. Uh, actually, right now, when I'm watching the, the batting uh, with Judge and Loisica, I seen a legend. I seen Andy Pettit. I'm like, all right, well, it looks like they probably heard A-Rod. <laughs> That's a good sign right there. They should bring these guys around, Larry, and I think they should have just signed uh, Nick Swisher as a hitting mm. coach or, or as a bench coach. Just keep guys in there. I mean, keep these guys, you know, motivated or something, you know. Also, another thing, Larry, I think they're giving Frenchie Cordero the Duhart treatment. He's doing every other day. He's hitting a home run, and they send him down. For who? For Greg Allen. I mean, come on, Larry. What do you think about that? And like I said, hopefully Cashman does a big trade. And keep up the great work, Larry. Great show. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. Thanks for checking in. Jonathan, I have no idea why they would send Cordero down. Uh, Scott, you know, he's not he's not really great defensively. I get it. But offensively, he he has, you know, done some things for you. So there there must be a reason why. I don't know. I mean, it makes you wonder because this is a team that has trouble scoring runs. And look, I, I get it. He was a guy that you brought up just to, you know, to weigh in because you were so short-handed with injuries and whatnot. So I get it. But you know, I mean, Jonathan. Whether Cadero stays or not is not the difference between you making the playoffs or not. He's not the difference. If anything, listen, we showed you what he could do. You know, maybe he'll be a throw-in somewhere. I mean, I don't know. Um, A-Rod made some good points. We'll hear from uh, A-Rod when he was on the Michael K show, and you're right, Jonathan. He had some interesting points about the Yankees and analytics. But once again, it's not, I don't know that it's analytics or the use or interpretation of analytics or how much analytics plays in your decisions. Because as I always tell you folks, numbers have always been a part of sports. Always. In, the, in, in Major League Baseball, I've said it before, managers always knew what to do in certain situations, how this player is. Pitchers know. Hitters know what they do against certain pitchers. They all know. That's why they have scouting reports. In the NBA, they all know. 
they know. Well, you know what? Uh, pace of play and all this. This is great. And these these numbers. Everybody uses numbers. Okay. It's how you interpret those numbers, and do you have the personnel that are will make the numbers that you want to help your team be effective? Okay, that's the question. And yeah, we want home runs. We want launch angle. We want exit velo. I got it. Do you have the batters in your lineup that make contact? Because every time you, when you try to hit a home run, you don't. Normally it's when you're not trying to hit a home run that you hit it. But you got to make contact. Do you have enough contact hitters in your lineup that's going to make a difference for you to get runners on base to make a difference? That's the question. It's not analytics. It's whether you have the talent to match the analytics that you think helps your ball club. And right now the Yankees don't. Because they're not making contact consistently. And I get it. It's a sport where if you fail seven out of ten times, you got a shot at the Hall of Fame. I understand that. But even still. And I know we don't talk about average, so let's talk about slugging percentage. You look at the Yankee lineup slugging percentage-wise? <laughs> really? That's the issues you have. It's the lack of talent on this team. The lack of young talent on this team that's not producing. That's what's bothering the Yankees right now. And for the Mets, it's a similar thing. It's, the, it's talent not producing. Lindor, streaky. Alonzo, it's been streaky. I don't know if the, if the hand's okay. It may not be. I don't know. Marte, not living up to the back of the baseball card. McNeil, not living up to the back of the baseball card just from last season. Now, Batty's been good. Giving you some issues in the field. But you live with that because his bat's been good. Alvarez, it's been good. Offensively, been really good. Defensively, Pretty good. Vientos, well, we don't know where to play him. So they brought him back up. We'll see if he'll get some opportunities. All right, Tommy Pham, hurt now, again. So when you look at this Met team, it's a similar thing. From Scherzer, Verlander to a lesser degree, not pitching consistently well. Verlander's been better. Scherzer's not pitched well, not living up to what he's supposed to do. So... It's not, in this case, for the Mets situation, the talent is not producing the way they should. So that's not analytics. That's guys having a bad year. And ironically, they've all had a bad year together. That's the issue you've had. Glenn's in the car. What's up, Glenn? John, uh, great show. Love hearing it. Thanks, All man. right, so... Okay, so um, I, I hate to make the switch from baseball to no, football okay. because, it's you know, right. but all right. So from what I understand, uh, the Giants came to Saquon first before they came to Daniel Jones. And I feel that, yeah, the you know, like what they offered didn't seem like a lot because I guess he wants to get paid now. But I think that it was at least a strong start for him. Now, the only reason why I point that out is because if he was to have, like, say, this amazing season just under that contract alone, then that kind of raises the va- raises his value maybe a little more than what's given. I mean, granted, I know the shelf life of a running back is short, but it still puts it to where it's like if he was to leave, a lot of uh, a lot of places would be hard pressed to say, well, can we not give you the money that you deserve because 
you did so well on to onto what you did with the team, you know, this past season, and apparently what would be of this good uh, of this coming season. Mm-hmm. The other aspect is is that Daniel Jones only had 15 touchdowns. Am I right on that? Yes. And if all right, so so if he only had 15 touchdowns, that means somebody else was doing the job. So mm-hmm. as to you know, now apparently he has so-called weapons in order to help him out, I guess, or at least uh, good pickups or good acquisitions. So Barkley is only going to make that team that much better. So I guess in a way I'm saying why are both sides being stubborn and just come to the middle and meet up onto something because it'll be the team that raises the value of the running back far more than the league, don't you think? Your thoughts. Well, here's the, here's the issue, Glenn, and thanks for the phone call. You make some interesting points. But here's the, here's the line from Saquon's standpoint. If I get hurt, what happens to my value? If I get hurt, my value goes down. That's why the guaranteed money is always important for NFL players because it's a 100% injury hurt sport. Somebody gets hurt every game in the NFL. Somebody. So if I'm making X amount of money and none of it is guaranteed, then now when I go for my next contract, my 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 value has gone down across the league. Especially if you're a running back. So he may come in and he will probably, I don't know, I mean, he will probably come in and, and play for the franchise tag for $10 million. But once again, he's gambling. And on the other side, what the Giants are saying is, we really don't want to guarantee you money for multiple years because you've missed 22 games in your career. So we're, you know, we're a little concerned about that. And well, and, and you know, we can go back and forth. And Saquon will say, well, listen, since you got all these weapons here, as you pointed out, and I'm just going to enhance, you don't need me to be as much of the offense as I've been in the past, then I'll be available. So pay me the money. Guarantee the money. I am really surprised that they did not come to a deal. I always thought that John Merrill would come in at the last minute or Tish would come in at the last minute and talk to John and say, you know what? Let's give him the money. And so the guaranteed money, when we look at money, like 10 million, and even Saquon Barkley has said, 10 million is, is listen, that's a lot of money. It's not, a lot of, it's not money to sneeze at. It's not. I understand economically. I get it. I understand. But it's the guaranteed money because we all understand. Then the NFL contract, it really don't mean much. They'll tear that thing up and throw it out with you tomorrow. It's the guaranteed money that helps you out. 1-800-919-3776. Also on Twitter at Hardish to ESPN at ESPNNY 98 underscore 7 FM. We'll come back, take more of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Back to the phones with you on 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Sean in Jersey. Sean, you're next on 98.7. Sean, hey, I mean, Larry, thanks for taking my call. Uh, You got it, Sean. What's up? Yeah, I just wanted to, I agree with everything you're saying about Barkley. It's $2 million and that's great. Because you know why? Running backs are like two players in one. They're like, Imagine if the quarterback didn't have anybody in the backseat. Mm-hmm. The stat percentage that would go up. 
All right, my friend, I got to let you go. Your phone is very spotty, but uh, yeah, that's the way it is. And especially, and here's the thing, for this Giants team, he's he's invaluable. He's invaluable. I mean, you need a guy like him, and he's perfect in your offense. He, And I get Brian Dable didn't really use running backs when he was in Buffalo. I understand that. Some people say that's why he's in the situation he's in now, was in down when they were there. And that's been the difference because their, you know, their, their, uh, Josh Allen, their quarterback, had to take more punishment than need to because he loves to run the ball. And maybe a, an explosive or a running game would have made the difference. Okay? I mean, you know, it's a debate we can all have. But there's no debate on what Saquon, Mark, Saquon Barkley meant to this Giants offense last year. And, yes, they have improved weapons. Waller is an outstanding tight end. And if he can stay healthy, he will make a difference. They've got some speed. They've got some receivers. They've drafted and obtained. They can make a difference. They've got some veteran guys. They can make a difference. Okay? So, for me, it's just simple. If we bring in Saquon, who adds some more continuity to this offense, then that's, that's a win-win for everybody. Okay? And it's not like he wanted, he was asking, 10 million a year guaranteed. Okay? For four years. It's not what he was asking. Once again, reports were they were $2 million apart. Based on that information, just signed him. Just signed him. Even two years. How about two for 24 with 16 guaranteed or something of that nature? How about that? And then afterwards, you know, you part ways or whatever you're going to do. But at least you're, he's in camp and it's not a distraction. It is going to be a distraction. No question about it. Mark Sindor, what's up, Mark? What's up, Brother Larry? Hey, Mark, what's going on, man? Uh, you, you know, laying back in here, listening to you. Check <laughs> this out. We're in rock. Step with everything that you said, as I was talking with your screener, when he said, what do you got? Uh, I didn't expect to hear my points being said in the last 20 seconds that you were talking about, Saquon. I just want to, I'm going to add a little mustard to it. Mm-hmm. Larry, the $2 million thing is stupid. Let's call it that. I'm going to add a couple yeah. more adjectives if you like, but we'll just use stupid. Um, for this reason, Brother Larry, the the most exciting play that the Giants have, I'm looking big picture, the single most exciting play that they have is with Daniel Jones' read option into Barkley. And that's the reason, to be to me, that they got into the playoffs in the first place other than their defense played pretty well. And here's why. Not many teams in, in football have a running back that is a threat to score Anytime he touches the ball, the Giants have that. Mm-hmm. And they are a quarterback that is also a threat on that read option to take it to the house. As I told you, your screener, unless the field trips his feet up, he has the opportunity to do that too. Yep. And, and so that being the, the, the linchpin that the, the defense has to worry about, Whenever the Giants are on offense, it's like, is Saquon going to get it? Is, is, is Jones going to give it to him? If they do, 
do we stack the box or do we don't? And then you add Waller. I mean, who's a legitimate threat down another weapon they didn't have, and that was obvious against Philadelphia last year. Mm-hmm. So, so again, I'm in lockstep with you, but, but you can't take out the element of a running back like Saquon. No, that is Saquon. That's a threat to take it through the house, and because it also makes your quarterback a legitimate running threat to take it to the day. We're comparing Daniel Jones to uh, Lamar Jackson with the reaction last year. That wasn't a mistake or a fluke. That's just what's the truth. Mm-hmm. And they can't lose that, Larry. Another running back doesn't give them. Maybe they'll find one. But you, you, you want to you risk that after you added Waller and say, oh, well, let's try another guy. He may be a threat to take you through the house from anywhere on the field. Well, Saquon is. Think about that. You're right, Mark. Thanks for the phone call. It's true. It's very true. You know what you have in Saquon Barkley. You don't have to guess. You have to try to figure it out. You know what you have. Mitch is in East Windsor. What's up, Mitch? Hey, how we doing, Larry? Thanks for taking my call. You got it, partner. What's up? You know, a good running back don't grow on trees. I mean, it's That's tough sure. to you should have a good backup because they get hurt so much. I think Giants and the Rays with Jacobs and Chargers with Austin, they're making a big mistake. If they can, it's it's so easy to find a, a good backup when it's kind of hard to find a, a real good running back. I mean, there's so many good wide receivers. Are we going to see today we're going to have five wide receivers on the field? Back to the Houston um, Cougars. I remember, I think it was, was it Andrew Ward. He, was that his system? They had a name for that kind of offense. Mm-hmm. And it's really not that exciting when you know it's going to be a pass. I mean, you don't yeah. want your quarterback running all the time. Yeah. Well, I'll say this, Mitch, and thanks for the phone call. Here's the bottom line. The NFL loves the aerial assault. Fans come out to watch a long pass play. Uh, That's why Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill was so exciting. Because anywhere on the field, when they were matched up, you could score. But there has been, over the past couple of years, the idea of we're not going to pay running backs a lot. And especially when you draft them so high. So, and listen, it's not Saquon Barkley's fault that the Giants drafted him number two overall. It's because they wanted they wanted him to be an addition to compliment Eli Manning in his last couple of years. Because Eli Manning, always excellent in the play action. Well, who better to run play action than a guy like Saquon Barkley, or who better to take the ball out of the quick pass out of the backfield and run for big yardage than Saquon Barkley? I mean, come on. It, 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 it made sense that you wanted him. Don't know that it made sense that you had to take him number two. Okay, that's the issue because you took him number two. And when you take somebody in that number two spot, there's a salary that goes along with that. All right, and you knew that eventually you were going to have to pay him. You knew. Okay, you knew you were going to have to pay him. And so this is the situation that the Giants find themselves in. And I'll say it again. $2 million apart, in my humble opinion, something could have been worked out because you have brought other players in. And I'm sure... You're paying them. 
They're not, they're not coming in for free. <laughs> they're not, well, you know, we'll see what we can do for you. And even, the, even if they're coming in for look-see, eventually you're going to have to pay them. The distraction and the question about trying to get Saquon Barkley back and trying to get people to work and pick up the same tempo, the same the same cadence, the same chemistry that you know that you have with this guy. Personally, I think he's I think it's worth the money. I think it's worth the money. And once again, if you didn't want to sign a three year deal, okay, I could I could understand that. But for me, two years guaranteed, twenty four twenty, and I'm you know. I'm not speaking for Saquon because I don't know what the numbers were. I'm just throwing some numbers out there. I just think, personally, two years, $24 million, 16 guaranteed, would have got the job done. We'll continue the conversation here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Willie Cologne, the pride of Cardinal Hayes High School at the top of the hour here on 98.7 ESPN. Until then, we'll continue to take your phone calls on the football and the baseball. As the Yankees are about to get underway, Luis Severino on the hill. Yankee fans just like, oh my God, what's he going to do this time? Hey, listen, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir. Cookie Carrasco on the hill tonight for the Mets. Oh my God, what is he going to do? Same thing. 1-800-919-3776. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Buddha? All right, we'll come back. Artie's in Brooklyn. Artie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry, thanks for taking the call. What's up, you Artie? Know, I love Ira. I love Ira, and I hope one, you know, I meet him. I'm going to that the, the uh the uh, ceremony for the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. I know mm-hmm. he's going to be there. But mm-hmm. now he's Joe Namath. Now he's giving guarantees of playoffs. I mean, can we calm down a little bit? And I'm the one that gets excited. Look, I love getting Rodgers. You know what the most, the most exciting thing is that it looks like it's going to be more than a one-year deal with him. Mm-hmm. But let's remember, okay, that the AFC is stacked with yes. good teams. Not mm-hmm. just good teams, really good teams. You tell me which one of those playoff teams is going to be is going to, are the Jets going to pass? Okay, I, I know they're the most improved with Rodgers, but they still not the team that these top playoff teams are. They better than Cincinnati? No. Are they better than Buffalo? I I don't think so. Can they compete with them? Yeah. But then Ira gives a good one. He goes, if they stay healthy, what NFL team stays healthy? They're going to lose one guy. So you're telling me. That if we lose, I understand you lose Rodgers, you're out, right? Because yep. we are backup quarterback and stuff like that. Not, not to mention um, quarterbacks that I mean teams that have better quarterback up quarterbacks than us. But last year we lost our offensive lineman Tucker. We lost our running back. The team fell apart. Mm-hmm. So if we lose one of those lines, as weak as our, our line is, if we lose one of the linemen again, are we going to make the playoffs now? So that's what we get rely on. Let's just say that we can compete and be excited and stop worrying about playoffs and what we're going to do in January. All right, thanks, Larry. All right, Artie. Now, to be fair, Artie, I asked Ira if he thought they were a playoff team, if they could be a playoff team if everything's, you know, went right. Um, Look, 
Here's what the Jets are hoping, Artie, Jet fans. They're hoping that now what they have done is they have enough depth and the talent level a little bit closer to what the starters are. It's what they're hoping, that they can withstand one or two injuries. That's that's what their that's what their thought process is. That's why they've gone out and tried to add depth to this team. No, they're not going to go without injury for the whole year. We know that. That's understood. It's not happening. And they're hoping, especially as you mentioned, already incorrectly, because that's the biggest question on this team. Really, is the offensive line that is the big? It is without a doubt the biggest question on this team. Now, the offensive linemen, and I heard Vera Tucker and. Bart Scott and I talked about this last week when I filled in for Alan Hahn on Barton Hahn. I mean, you know, they asked the offensive lineman, like, are they concerned in this room? And Elijah Vera Tucker said no. Well, he's not going to say yes. <laughs> he's not going to say yes. What he is going to say is we have to play the best we can play and, and make sure we minimize mistakes. That's all they can do. And so, listen. If you're a Jets fan, I understand you're excited. I get the fact that this is the best quarterback you have seen this side of Vinny Testaverde as far as experience is concerned. I get that it that you feel it makes a total difference, and it does, and it will. If the offensive line plays well and he can stay healthy, he will make a difference offensively. But as I told Bart, and I've said to you guys a lot, the identity of this Jet team is their defense. And to be fair, with all the hoopla around Aaron Rodgers and all the offense and Garrett Wilson and and Conklin and, and Lazard and all the offense, all the players, all the receivers, and Brees Hall, whether they get Dalvin Cook or whatever, whatever. This team is only going as far as their defense. And so for me, it's, what is this defense going to do? How would they make adjustments faster? Will Jeff Ulbrich be a little better than he was last year? Will Robert Sala be a little better than he was last year in adjusting and making sure this defense does what it's supposed to do? Will they be able to minimize on the mistakes that they made last year? Will we not see blown coverages? I mean, you're going to see blown coverages. It happens. Nobody's perfect. Okay, but will we see them not on the same play by the same player time after time? Okay, can we can this jet team on both sides of the ball, but especially defensively, can this jet team be the team that minimizes mistakes and instead forces some? Can this team give me some turnovers defensively? That's what a really good defense does. Now, yes, it will be helped if Aaron Rodgers and the offense could put points on the board because then it puts opposing teams where they have to, okay, we got to go for it. We have to put the ball in the air more. And, yes, that gives you an opportunity where you can rush the passer and get some plays. Understood. But for this defense to take that next step, they can't give up 15 on third and 12. They can't have pass interference on, on or holding on third and five. That's where this team has to take the next step. And that's aside from injury because you can't help injuries, but that you can help. That you can make the adjustment to. 
that you can work on. Those are the things you have control of. Because for me, that's my hope. That's my big philosophy about football. Okay? Handle what you can control. There's a lot of stuff you can't control. Handle what you can control. Be the best at what you can do and what you have a handle on that you can make a difference at. And that's what this team has to do. You you can't tell me about how great Aaron Rodgers is, and he is. You can't tell me how great the Jet defense was, and they were really good for most of last year. And then turn around, and your special teams gives up position after position where the defense starts in, in the offense's plus territory, and you're missing field goals. Okay? Everything's got to go right. And yes, Artie, the AFC is without a doubt the best and deep, deepest conference in the National Football League. It is not going to be easy for the Jets. They, they, they are going to have to play premium football week after week after week after week. And guess what? They have to get off to a good start. Because if they get off to a slow start, that pressure will choke this team out. It will. It's not even the question. We'll continue to take your phone calls on 9870 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Step back to the phones. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? You hear me this time? I got you, Buddha. All right. I'm not going to go to a little dead area there. I you know, you. Um, listen, what this say for on Bobby, if I was him, Listen, I'm coming back that week before the game, so they don't play me the first one. And you had a caller that called you and Bart this week, and he was like, yeah, you need to do the Tony Dorsett thing, run out of bounds. I'm not taking any unnecessary contact, and I might miss a game or two here and there or some low management thing because the marriage is over. You know what I mean? The fact that they didn't give him the money, it's over. He's not going to be on the Giants next year, one way or the other. Now, um, I was listening to Ira's report, you know, from training camp, I mean – Things sound good. I mean, it's to be expected that Aaron Rodgers is going to hold receivers accountable. Now, with a guy like Garrett Wilson, turnabout's fair play. You was doing a whole lot of hooting and hollering and all of that when Zach Wilson was the quarterback, and the coach allowed that, which which was a crime within itself. But, you know, now you're going to learn what it's like, and you're going to understand that you're not at – you know, you're good, but you're not great yet. So, you know, maybe Aaron Rodgers can help him get to great. I don't think there's anything wrong with hearing that. Right, But what he did say, you know, well, here we go again. I mean, what are you talking about with Makai Beckett? Something happened. I mean, bro, listen, I'm, I'm going to be real honest. And I, you know, I feel for the young guy. Listen, man, th- 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 that thing is over. Yeah. You know, and see, these GMs, what they do is when they make a mistake, they don't admit to it. They keep trying to keep the guy on the team. And listen, you cannot play if you get injured all the time. You're talking about the Giants don't want to give Saquon Barkley money. I mean, he's produced more than what Makai Beckton has. I, you know, you just got to cut bait with that, man. You know, I, I just, you know, the two things, you know, and then I was talking about people being negative about the Jets. I, I, you know, I, when I hear that word negative, you know, I, I, I tend to get a little bristled because to me it's like there's always either you got to be a pom-poms guy or you're negative. Why can't there be a happy medium? Why can't I, as a fan, sit back and say, I got strong reservations about this coach? Mm-hmm. You know, not just the stuff with, that was going on with the guys wearing the T-shirts. And like I said, I, I, I did, you know, the team at some points looked undisciplined. But, you know, there's things that he 
needs to improve on. You know, I don't care how great your quarterback is. That that's a that's a, a concern to me. And as well with this offensive line, you know, we're waiting for the rookie to take over at center. I mean, the offensive line has no depth. It has a lot of uh, age and attrition on it with Dwayne Brown, and then we were expecting Makai Becton to be over at the right tackle. Come on, man. Like, you see, these are the things that frustrate me a little bit, you know, with the Joe Douglas stuff. Is, mm-hmm. You know, Joe Douglas is not going to be provocative. He's conservative in terms of free agency. So the guy Clark went down as a safety. Where's his replacement? We cannot sit here and depend on Brees Hall to come back 100% in this year. So I like Bam Knight, but there needs to be another bat involved in there. And then, and I don't think they're going to get um, Dalvin Cook because Dalvin Cook means that's a provocative move. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to pay him a little bit more than you pay somebody else. And, you know, the piecemeal thing works in some positions, but offensive line, you got to have at least two guys who are legit. Whoever talk is legit. Let's hope he comes back healthy. But, you know, I, I'm not dependent on Dwayne Brown. I mean, he's a good guy. He's a pro. You know, you know, listen, dude is 38 now. You understand what I'm saying? And Aaron Rodgers is 40. And what I noticed with Aaron Rodgers is the arm strength was still there. The reason why he threw more picks, it was probably the thumb. But we have to admit, his mobility is not at the same point that it was a few years ago. I noticed that clearly watching him play last year. So if the offensive line is not going to be legit, that's an area of concern. And it doesn't mean that somebody's being negative. I hear you, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. It just means you, you you have concerns and you're being realistic. The offensive line has something to prove. It does. It does. And and they know it. <laughs> Don't you think they know? That line coaches told them all the time, you know what? You guys got to step it up. The communication's got to be a thousand percent better than it was last year. We have Aaron Rodgers back there, and now he's he's not mobile like Zach like Zach Wilson, but he's more mobile than Mike White. And you saw what they did to Mike White. You sitting back there, he almost took his head off. And yes, there were times with the young quarterbacks that, and you always talked about this, right? You gotta get the throw the ball away, get rid of the ball, don't hold the ball. So you expect that Aaron Rodgers is not going to hold the football. So you expect that that's going to be a little different for the offensive line, that they know that they won't have to hold. They won't have to hold. Sorry, Willie, I don't mean that. They don't have to block for a long period of time because Rodgers is going to get rid of the ball quickly. But there's going to be times where this blitz is coming and you've got to be able to pick that up. So listen, the offensive line knows. Salah knows. Hackett knows. Hell, Rodgers knows. <laughs> he watched them last year up close. Jose's in Brooklyn. Jose, you're next on 98.7. Hey, good afternoon, Larry. Shout out to the company and definitely wanted to chime in on the jet talk because, you know, I, 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 I you know, relate to, you know, being young in life where, you know, when we go to amusement parks and you know how certain people are just not thrilled with roller coasters, mm-hmm. they'll go on them, but they're not, you know, crazy about them. But, you know, you end up going up, going with a group of friends that are crazy about them and they want you to go. And, you know, they're saying, Hey, this is going to be the best thing ever. You got to go. You got to do this. Let's go. Let's take this ride. So as you get that friend hyped up and, 
you know, ready for the seat, ready for the season. Now all of a sudden, we gotta work, you know, worry about this, worry about that. And I'm just like, hey, you know what? Why, 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 why did I just spend my money on this ticket to, to, to go on this roller coaster with you guys if you're going to be a buzzkill just at the very beginning, right when we're just about to get on the roller coaster? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that, that you know, that, that that's just where it is. I know because um, I'm a Jeff fan that always has my concerns. You know how I've always felt about, you know, Zach Wilson, how I've mm-hmm. always felt about this team, yeah. how I even feel like, you know, even when – he wasn't the quarterback. All of a sudden, the offensive line, you know, looked decent and playable rather than always looking like a quarterback was running for his life. Uh-huh. So it it, it 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 does concern me, you know, the offensive line concerns because you know, if Beckton can't stay healthy, then pretty much his career is over. Like, yeah, there's no absolutely. way it, it, it's going to continue. So this offensive line does need to be fixed. The Questions at safety does concern me. The questions at, um, at, at, you know, how does Salah deal with time management issues? Like, I don't want, you know, that, you know, typical Rex Ryan look where he looks like he's just more prepared on the defense than actually knowing what's going on in the game. Uh So these are things that are all concerning. But I'm also like, we've seen great quarterbacks overcome all of these situations so we have Aaron Rodgers so I'm just thinking the division is not out of bounds I know the Bills definitely look like they're more on a downturn Miami's quarterback situation is something that I don't see progressing and the only thing that does concern me is you know us losing uh, a game to Bill Belichick's defense where I'm just going to be again stop raving mad So I want to thank you for letting me get all that out, and I hope you have a great weekend, brother. <laughs> all right, Jose. <laughs> Thanks again for the call. Oh, it's all about Belichick, isn't it? It's all about Belichick and those Patriots. So I have some thoughts, but let me just say this. Tom, you with me? <laughs> I am here. Tom, I... I just saw Giancarlo Stanton trying to score from first. <laughs> oh, you watched the same thing that I was just watching on our TV then. <laughs> oh, let's go from first base. And he looked like he was doing the. He, he runs fast on the home run try. <laughs> I would have loved to see how. Like, I want to see him and Bartolo Colon round the bases. I want to see who could do it faster at this rate. I would. I'd love to see. Talk about analytics. Give me a. Give me a timer. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see how much time it took for him to go from first to home. And then when he slid, I'm like, oh my god, he's done for the season. I. Th- I thought he broke his hip when he slid. He went down so hard. <laughs> you know. Oh man. But listen, Yankees up three nothing. Two run home run. Single by Stanton. Double. From Anthony Rizzo, who hasn't made contact since the summer of 85. This is a good start. Severino got out of the first inning okay? It's not bad. It's not bad. Uh, Listen. It's okay to look at your team and say, you know what? We can be really good, 
but we still got things to work on. Because guess what? There's no perfect team in any sport. There is no perfect team in any sport. Doesn't exist. Believe me. As a Met fan, when I look at Atlanta, they're not a perfect team. They beat my team all the time, but they're not a perfect team. Okay? Houston, not a perfect team. Tampa, not a perfect team. Okay? Buffalo, not a perfect team in the NFL. Cincinnati, not a perfect team. Really good team. Really good team. Not a perfect team. And on any given Sunday, anybody can be beat. But you have to be, for me, I think you're you're better off emotionally if you are a realistic fan. And that means you got to sit down and say, you know, this is my team. And I think we're going to be really good this year. But I got some concerns. We're going to be in trouble if this happens or if that happens. Okay, that's how I look at the Knicks. I'm looking at the Knicks right now. I'm like, you know what? We're going to be in trouble because who's playing behind Julius Randle right now? <laughs> okay, you sent Obi Toppin. I get it. Obi Toppin didn't do what he was supposed to do. We're moving on from Obi Toppin. We ship him out. We got two second-round picks. Okay, that's the decision you made. Excuse me, is Josh Hart playing behind Julius Randle at 6'5"? Who's playing behind Julius Randle? So we're going to be in trouble <laughs> when Julius Randle's got to go to the bench. Listen, I get it. Tibbs is going to play him 44 minutes. <laughs> but for those four minutes, who's going to play? Who's going to play when Julius Randle's on the bench? You have to be realistic with your teams. And you could be overly hyped about them. You could be overly negative about them. And you could be somewhere in the middle. It's okay. For me, as long as you follow your team and, you, and you're with them through good times and bad, that's a fan to me. But you got to be a realistic fan. And part of being a realistic fan means you see the flaws that could be a problem. When we return, Willie Cologne will drop in. We'll talk a little offensive line play. That's next on 98.7 ESPN.